Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the active skin repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. Well, hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Yates and you are listening to episode 189 of the Wannabe Clutter Free podcast. On today's episode, I am chatting with a special guest. She is a return visitor. She's been here a couple times before, and it's just so nice to get to chat with her. And they're always very popular episodes, so I know you're going to love it. And we are going to talk about goal setting and habits this time of year when everybody's talking about new year, new you, and you know how to reach your goals and creating resolutions and all things like that. It is wonderful to have Risa on as our expert because she knows her stuff. But before we dive in, I want to remind you of a couple of exciting announcements. I'm really just going to tap into the biggest one, which is the Chaos to Calm Summit is around the corner. So this episode is going to go live on Wednesday, January 24th, and you will only have a few days left to register if you would like to attend the summit live. It is running from January 29th through February 4th. We will have a kickoff call on the 28th if you're on Facebook and you want to join join us over there for a live kickoff. So it's just going to be so much fun. It is five days of talking about how to really take back control of your home as we move into this new year. If you have Get Organized on your bingo card for 2024, then you definitely want to check it out. We're going to talk about getting your mindset right, kind of starting off on the right foot. We're going to talk about time management, decluttering, organizing, and then maintaining and moving forward with purpose and joy. I know that is One thing, it's not just enough to set the goal. I mean, let's make sure that we actually enjoy it along the way. It'll make it so much easier to reach our goals as we move forward. So I hope you join me. Head on over to chaostocalmsummit.com. I will leave a link in the show notes as well. Again, that's chaostocalmsummit.com, all one word, 
all letters, no numbers or anything. Um, But come on over and join us. It's going to be an amazing week. And did I mention it's free? Yes, it is a free ticket. Uh, There is an upgrade if you want to get some extra bonuses and have ongoing access to all of the presentations, but it is free for you to join and you will just learn so much throughout this week. So I hope to see you there. And I do want to make sure I do say thank you for joining me today. I know life is busy, so I will do my best to continue to bring you information that is helpful and useful as you move forward. So thank you for joining me. And now let's learn about my amazing guest this week. Risa Williams is a book author, licensed therapist, and time management coach. She is the author of the self-help book series, The Ultimate Toolkits for Psychological Well-Being, which includes three books, The Ultimate Anxiety Toolkit, The Ultimate Self-Esteem Toolkit, and The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit. She is also the author of the Motivation Mindset Journal, which is a workbook that can help you with your goals, perfect for what we are talking about today. She is also the host of the Motivation Mindset Podcast, which features productivity tools. She's been featured in Forbes Magazine, Business Insider, Parade Magazine, Real Simple, Wired Magazine, and HuffPost, and she writes articles for Breed Magazine. Told you she knows her stuff. I'm also going to be a guest on her podcast this week, so make sure you head over there and check it out. So give this episode a listen, and then when you're done, also head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 189 to get show notes for today's episode with links to Reese's website, her books, and more. You'll also have links to the the Chaos to Calm Summit. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 189. And now let's get to our conversation. Well, hi, Risa. Welcome to Want to Be Clutter Free. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm so happy to talk to you again. I always love coming on your podcast. I know I've been very fortunate because you've had me on a bunch of times. So thank you. (laughs) Well, I love having you on. And we have so many similarities. I think so similarly that it's great that I think people can hear from another uh, voice. And you have some really fun books and workbooks and all those things. So we will get into talking about those. But um, first, this is going to come out right toward the kind of the third week of January. And we are doing a summit together. I'm actually hosting a summit and you are one of the speakers. So I'm so excited to have you as part of that as well. Do you want to give people a little sneak preview and tell them what your talk is about? Sure. I'm so happy to be part of your summit. I'm speaking on time boundaries and balance, which who doesn't need to hear more about that? I think this is something everyone struggles with, especially moms, especially chronically busy people who are also moms. You know, how do we keep our balance? How do we find enough fun, find enough rest in our week while also getting things done in a less stressful way? And time boundaries is really important because often we're just plugging things in and we're going on autopilot, but we're not really thinking about what is important to me. What is meaningful for me to be doing this week? What are things I value and how do I make them more important in my weekly schedule? And if we don't kind of take stock of these things, we lose track of them. And we wonder why we're spending all our time rushing around doing things that maybe don't feel as meaningful to us as other things that we want to do. Yeah, you kind of get to the end of the week and you have that feeling of like, what did I actually accomplish? I was so busy. I, I know I was spinning my wheels. I was running around. I'm exhausted. But what actually happened? What did I actually do this week? 
Right. Oh, or yeah. sometimes so, we think like, why didn't I spend more time playing with my kids? Totally. Or why didn't I spend more time hanging out with my husband? What the heck was I doing? You know? Mm-hmm. And when we start to look at things through that lens, it changes where we put our focus. It changes the things we say yes and no to a little more intentionally. We start looking at our time deliberately. Like, how do I want to spend it? And how do I protect this segment of time a little bit more so I'm not just running myself ragged and trying to keep everyone happy at the expense of not doing the things that really matter to me so much? Mm, yeah. Mm, I love it. We could all use more boundaries, and especially yeah. in this season, right? We're in January. Oh, yeah. So many people are setting goals, New Year's resolutions. Um, you know, for me, one of my big goals, um, professionally was to host this summit. It's nice. the first one I've done. It has been exciting and exhilarating and exhausting all at yeah. the same time. But I think having that, like you were saying, having that end goal or like being really mindful about how I want it to run and what I want to have happen at the end has been helpful because there are so many different parts and pieces that you know really could derail you on any given day. Um, but it is one of my big goals and one of my big resolutions that I've been working toward. So this is, of course, that season where everybody's, you know, the new year, new you, not necessarily my favorite terms, but everybody's talking about this, right? This is still the language we are fed every day. So I want to hear your take, though, on goals and resolutions. What are your thoughts about them? So I work a lot with people on goals. It's pretty much all I talk about to people each week. I run get stuff done goals group. And I do individual sessions where I'm taking people's big goals and breaking them down into reasonable small steps, which is just my general formula is that our brains tend to get really overwhelmed. And especially when we're talking about goals, there's a lot of pressure there. There's a lot of looking at things through an extreme lens where we have this kind of extreme thinking, like all these things in my life need to be fixed. I need to do it instantly. And I need to do all these giant steps now. That actually creates us, it creates a mindset where we're going to get stuck, where we're going to procrastinate, and we're going to feel unmotivated to move forward. So what I like to do is break those things down into little steps until it feels so easy that there's no reason why you can't take the first step forward, which takes a lot of breaking it down. So I call it goal funneling. You take this giant thing and you funnel it down until it's a little tiny micro step. And then you think, okay, well, I could do that. So an example would be, you know, with habits, a lot of people's New Year's resolutions are about habits. They're like, I got to exercise every day. Saying that to yourself, to a lot of people, shuts our brain down. It's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll start next week. I'll start next month. I'll start when it's warmer. We do this game where it's like a dance we're doing where we don't want to do it because it seems too big, too scary. So I might say, you know, well, what feels easy? Well, maybe four times a week and then I'll make someone break it down even further. Because if I'm hearing resistance there, like they're still having trouble selling it to themselves, it's a cue to me that it's still too hard. It's feeling impossible. So let's break it down to, can you go for a walk once a week? Usually someone will bend and say, yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds like a walk is easy. I could go for a walk twice a week. Well, let's just start at one. Let's just start at one for a few weeks, build up that confidence, get that momentum going. Now you can add more slowly and gradually. So that's kind of my approach. It's a gentle 
approach of easing into your goal until it sticks and you're taking the little steps. Now, if you have a big goal like writing a novel or something, it's a little different than a habit. What you need to do is look at, you know, at the end of the year, I want to finish this book. Well, then I walk, you know, forward six months. What has to happen at six months? If at the end of the year, I want to have a whole book done. A whole book is like 200 pages. How many pages would I need to write by June? And then how many pages would I need to write by next month? You know, and how can I start slowly and gradually and build up a little momentum? So I might say, well, I'm going to need to write a page a week for a little while, and then I'll start adding pages. And then hopefully by June, I'll have a big chunk of it done. If we're not looking at our goals logically, what happens is we're looking at it through an extreme lens. We're getting emotional. We're starting to get stressed out and overwhelmed. And when the prefrontal cortex of our brain starts to feel that kind of overwhelm and stress, it shuts down our ability to make decisions and to decide what to prioritize next. And so that's how we get stuck in procrastination and stagnation. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Definitely. I am. I find myself being someone that can work in sprints. Yeah. Like I can focus for a very specific amount of time. Um, I definitely need your help because I will go <laughs> through the ebbs and flows with like I burn myself out a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Like I take on a lot. Like I bite off giant things like a huge summit. Like I've never done one. Why not? Yeah. I did. You know, I did reach out for help. I do have someone helping me with this. So it's not like I'm on an island by myself, but it's definitely stretching me a lot, yeah, which yeah. I love to do. And I, I think I've just learned to embrace it because it's just kind of my personality. Um, I like to just jump in and then I'll, I figure it out. And then I kind of have to have a moment of rest and recuperation and then I do it again. And yeah. so I kind of go through these cycles. I'm sure that's not the healthiest. What would you tell someone like me who goes through cycles? Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Reese is going to tell us what to do if you are one of those people that likes to go in cycles. Do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. We listened to a few episodes, and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy, but it's not really a surprise considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. 
With Earnin, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the Earnin app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with EarnIn, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download EarnIn today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the EarnIn app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Well, I think I like what you're saying because it shows a lot of insight and reflection. And that's the first step I do with people is just understand how your own brain works and embrace it and accept it, you know, and don't try to squeeze yourself into doing it in a system that won't work for you. Often we're watching stuff or reading books and we're like, well, if I just train my brain to do it in this completely different way than my brain works, it'll work out. Well, that's a lot of work. Let's just look at what we have. You like to do things in big bursts of energy. You like to jump in the deep end of the pool, right? And then give yourself an Mm -hmm. imposing deadline. Because that kind of cranks up the pressure and maybe makes you feel more motivated. And that's okay to do once in a while. But I think it's understanding that you can't do that with every project and it's going to have a huge cost. The cost will be you have less time with your family. You have less time to recuperate. You have less time for other hobbies that are important to you. It's going to take away your time. And we only have so much mental energy and focus each day. So if the summit is burning through all of that focus, you're not going to have a lot of bandwidth for other things in your life. So I guess if you look at it from that lens, you'd say, well, okay, when I get to the end of the summit, I need to like take a little breather for a few months and get back on track with those other things that got pushed to the side, you know, get some downtime in, you know, fix myself, fix my body, fix the parts of me that got stirred up with stress and take some time to reset. I think where people get in trouble is they're like, they get a dopamine hit of like, I just did this giant thing and I did it and I got to the end. I'm going to do it all over again. And we don't give that mm. buffer break of, I need to reset. I need to refuel. I need to connect with my body again and connect with my family again and connect with my friends again and balance things out. So that's the balance piece I talk about at the summit. Just keeping all these areas of your life they're like bars and you have to keep them all kind of balanced in how much you're putting out there and where you are charged up, right? So if we put yeah. so much in one bar, the other bars get really low and it's kind of recalibrating at the end of it and thinking, okay, got to bring the other bars up a little bit or I'm going to be totally burnt out and fried. And honestly, that's what I see a lot of with my clients. They come to me when they're in that state. They have now done the equivalent of like three summits in a row. Other things are now starting to fall apart. They're sick. They've got issues with their relationships and everything is off kilter. So what is that neutral set point for you that you feel comfortable with where things are sort of balanced and you can feel refreshed and refueled? Learning what that is inside of you is so important to do. Mm. I, I definitely feel like I have learned. I definitely feel like I have done the 
the dopamine hit cycle where I'm like, well, that was great. Okay, let's do it again. <laughs> um, and then- Yeah, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, I've learned to kind of pull back. So I definitely have buffer time built in. Um, the reason I planned this, the the timing it is, is through school schedules, right? Like we had two yeah. weeks off at the holidays. Uh, we still have, we have ski week in the middle of February, which is amazing. And so nice. we'll have a whole week where she's off school. So, you know, that gives me that time to kind of have really condensed and concentrated family time, which will be really nice. Um, after, Perfect. Yes. We've been doing a lot of play dates so that she's entertained while I have more work schedule stuff going on. So, um, yeah, definitely trying to maintain a little bit of balance and not go. I used to go real far on the other end where yeah. I would stop exercising and I wouldn't, you know, watch what I'm eating, but I've learned to have better habits within that. So like I make sure I'm still working right. out a few times a week and I've, I've purchased, you know, meal kits for these few weeks that I'm really concentrating because I was like, I don't have time to go to the grocery store. I don't have time to do all that stuff. So right, get the meal kits lined up where the food is nutritious and we're still going to be fueling ourselves instead of just doing takeout or pizzas or, you know, whatever the pop it in the yeah. you know, oven meals from the freezer, which are delicious, but not always the most nutritious. Um, and so yeah. just making sure I that I'm that. watching that part too, for sure. Because that shows that you know yourself, you know how where you get stuck, you're predicting future roadblocks, and you're kind of making a strategy of, okay, I just got to get through the next couple weeks. How can I make that as easy on myself as possible? And then you have something planned after that is a natural break to just let it all go and not think about outcome and not think about work so much and just yeah. let it go for a little while, which is so important. I would say another piece of that is if you're in a busy time, letting your weekends be free, letting one day a week where you just don't think about it, you don't answer the emails, you kind of like just pull back, let your brain reset, let that clarity come in because often we get jammed up. We had to make so many decisions. We've had to solve so many problems. And downtime is where our brains naturally start piecing those things together. If we let our brains relax, our brains will do the work of solving problems. So we need to let our brains relax. We need to have a day off so that when we sit at the computer on Monday, we're like, oh, that's what I need to answer that person. And that's the paragraph I'm going to write. Our brain will start having those magical moments of clarity when we give it an actual break, an actual break, you know, away from things and responsibilities and like answering emails and that kind of thing, you know? Oh, and that's, that's a way of showing kindness to yourself during these hard times. All right. That's one for me to work on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, if you can't do a full list. day, maybe like a couple hours. Just okay. Don't I can check do that. anything. That yeah. I do. Okay. A couple hours. Okay. But it is definitely, yeah, I definitely need to be really mindful about that, right? Like putting the phone away, having that time where, yes, you're just connecting with what's really important. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our amazing conversation with Risa Williams. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. 
There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. It reminds me of um, The Devil Wears Prada, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's sitting there and she's talking to Nigel about like how everything's falling apart. Like she's just got all this stuff, you know, she's so busy, whatever. And he says, well, let me know when your your personal life finally falls. I'm going to butcher the line. But, you know, let yeah. me know when your personal life finally falls apart. That means you're due for, you know, a promotion. And it was just like. <laughs> right. It's so true and so awful. That was an eye-opening <laughs> Oh, it was an eye-opening yeah. moment for me where I was like, because I think I was in uh, probably my 20s yeah. when that movie came out. And, um, and, you know, just kind of that moment of like, okay, I don't want to get to that point. No. I don't want my personal life to fall apart in order for my professional life to move forward. And I, it's just always been something uh, that has stuck in my head. So yeah. yeah, having those moments of downtime, like you were saying, and building those breaks and really just focus on what we really want out of our life yeah. and being intentional with going after it. Yeah, for sure. And kind of the purpose of the hustle, right? We lose track mm. of the purpose of why we're doing this thing when we're hustling, hustling, hustling. We're like, I just got to keep it. I got to keep all these people happy. I got to keep moving, moving, moving. What is the purpose? You're sharing all these wonderful tools with people who are going to benefit from them, right? Are you doing that? Yes. Okay. Can relax a little. Like, you know, yeah. we have to say our purpose to ourselves and then realize we're doing it. It's going to be okay. You're doing the thing you set out to do. And that's how we emotionally connect with that done feeling a little more, which we're all searching for, which I hear every week from clients. I never feel done. I do so much and I never feel done. Well, it's finding those little moments each week, even when you do one little thing of just telling yourself, I'm done. It's okay. I did it. There's nothing more I can do right now. Or at night before you go to bed, I did what I had to do today. I can rest now. It's okay to give myself permission to rest and relax. I did it. I did what I said I was going to do. Tomorrow's another day. I'll do those things then. You know, these little ways of talking to yourself are so important. I know sometimes they sound cheesy, but they work. And the more you practice them, the more you realize that's the voice you need to hear more of that keeps you out of the toxic 
hustle culture mode, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. The voice you need to listen to more for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and cultivating that, right? Like just how would you talk to your child or how would you want to hear your child talk to? Because, And then also what I've found is when I cultivate that nicer voice to myself, I am able to, in those moments of stress, have a nicer voice to my loved ones, right? Because the way we talk to them, I heard that one time too, is like the way you talk to your loved ones is how you talk to yourself because you then start to see them as an extension of yourself. It's true. Yeah. The way we talk to ourselves spills out onto other people is one way to remember it. So you want to be careful the way you're talking to yourself in moments of stress will spill out onto your kids, will spill out onto your husband or your assistant or people in your life. So the more you cultivate that kindness, that gentleness inside of you, the more when your husband's struggling or your kid is struggling, you're going to say, oh, you know, it's okay. You're going to figure it out. Why don't you take a break? Why don't you just let it go for a little bit? You're going to say those kinds of encouraging things that you need to hear more of yourself when you're generating them internally. And what also is going to happen is like there's a lot of people at this summit. People are probably stressed out about getting you videos and materials. You're going to hear it in them. When you're kinder to yourself, you can tell them things like, it's okay. You gave me everything you need. You're doing great, right? We can come out of a kinder place to other people who we will then recognize as, oh, their stress must be really high about this. And then we don't take it as personally, you know, our interactions because we can see it from afar be like, wow, they're really stressed out. It's not personal. I get it. I can say something kind in this moment, instead of thinking, why are they mad at me? Or why are they snapping at me? Or what did I do? You know, that one right there, the whole taking everything personal. Oh my gosh. That. Yeah. That's a big one. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Understanding that there is a lot going on for everyone and trying to not, if someone snaps at you, right. If someone's not kind to you, understanding that who knows what was going on in their life that day, Right. And trying then to just have that kindness with yourself and not take it on and not be like personally offended or, you know, defeated by it. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's a big one, especially for women, especially for moms, because we're wired so much to be empathetic people, to hear our kid and feel it. Right. And sometimes we do this too much with adults where we're taking on all their stuff. And we're making it like, how can I fix it? What did I do wrong? And it's just too much, you know? So sometimes we just let people have their feelings and we realize they're having a bad day and we often have bad days too. And it'll sort itself out. You don't always need to jump in there and fix it. I think the stress ruler tool, which I'm talking about at your uh, summit, is one that changed everything for me because I realized that most of the time you're bumping into adults throughout everyday life And their stress is super high on their own stress ruler. Like they're just at a level 10 and they're coming at you with aggression or they're snapping at you or they're maybe not thanking you in the moment. It's not personal. Sometimes their stress is just super high. And if you can pull back and look at it and think, whoa, their stress is really high right now. Okay, I'm going to step away. I'm going to bring my own stress down so we don't spike each (laughs) other a little more. Yeah. It changes the way you see people. You can look at people with a little more compassion and you can look at yourself with more compassion too when your own stress is starting to rise and you are a little more grumpy or, you know, you can take steps to say, hey, I get this is what's going on with me. I need to step back and 
you know, bring it down a notch. Good to know. And especially nowadays where I feel like everyone is so stressed out. They There's are. just a lot going on in the world. Yeah. And so, yeah, just having that moment. Whew. Well, one thing that I do think works well for me are, you know, kind of working through these ideas, right? And you have a new workbook out. I want to make sure everybody does know about this. It's called the Motivation Mindset Journal. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I know it's it does have a lot about breaking down your goals and things like that, right? So tell us how, tell us about it. So if you want to learn the stress ruler tool, you can find it in the Ultimate Anxiety Toolkit. I have the Ultimate Toolkit books. It's a three book series with 75 practical tools like that with visuals and worksheets. And then I wrote the Motivation Mindset Journal because a lot of my books have a section on goals, but I realized there weren't goal tracking worksheets for people to do. I have all these goals tools and I needed like a workbook to give people to work through together. It's a great book to buy right now because it has all the dates for the year. And I feel like most people are setting big goals for the year right now in January. And it's going to walk you through how to break them down and then track them every week. So you will be writing down in a bullet note style the little steps you're taking each day towards your goals. And then you have these reflection pages where it'll ask you prompts. Like, what did I learn from this week? Where did I get stuck? What can I do differently? And what's a kind thing I can tell myself are some of the examples of questions. So a lot of the stuff we're talking about, it forces you to write it down each week and really take a minute to say, where did I get off balance? How do I want to do it differently next week? And get a little more intentional about how you're seeing each week as a segment of time. It can be very uplifting to do. I've been keeping these journals for years and years. And when I look back on them now and I flip through them, it's like a visual map of where I started the beginning of the year. And you can see me marching forward with things. And some months are slow and I'm writing like, did nothing, don't know what I did this week, right? And other weeks I'm like, you know, so many notes of things I did that it's barely on the page, barely able to fit in the page. And I see that by the end of the year, there was a flow, there was some progression. And like you said, I work in spurt, in sprints and spurts. So I can see those sprints paid off. And then I had a slow week and then I had a burst of energy and then I had a slow week. We don't often give ourselves credit like that. We tend to erase little steps we've taken in our own memory. So when we're looking back on the year, we're like, I don't know what happened. I did this thing. I did that thing. We don't see that every week you really were doing a whole lot, especially as a mom. You were keeping things together. You were planning stuff out for your kids. You were getting that vacation plan. You were doing that school trip. And you were also doing your own goals on top of that. And that's amazing. And we need to take more time to acknowledge that. Say, you're doing a lot. Acknowledge it. Look at it on paper. Feel it. It builds the confidence the more you do it. So good. So (laughs) very good. All right. I'm going to ask you one question while I got you here. How do you stay on top of actually filling out the workbook? I try to see it as fun. So in the beginning, I get that people, it's a habit. So you're going to resist doing it. You're like, oh, I got to write in this thing. So I keep it by my bedside table. um, And before I go to sleep, I jot down what I did. And in the beginning, it was hard for me to do. I was kind of just doing it as an experiment. And I would encourage you to adopt that mindset. This is an experiment. Let's see, like, let's treat myself like a scientific experiment. And if I jot my progress like a scientist, where is it going to lead? That's the mindset I had for the first year. 
after the first maybe few months of doing it, it was a habit and I started looking forward to it. I started wanting to write something I did down like a kid who wants a gold star. Be like, oh, I did that thing. I got to remember to write it in my journal. And now that I've been doing it for years, I have a ritual at the end of the year where I flip back through the journal and sort of relive the year. And remember, I'm not writing all the stressful, hard things. I'm writing like the little times I felt very happy and good because I did something, even if it was very tiny. So when I reread it, I'm only getting those little happy glimmers. And it makes you feel really good. It makes you feel good about the year. We all go through hard times. This is the way of holding on to those little happy wins, those little small wins, a little bit more and getting to savor them as you relive it by rereading it. I love that. Oh, so good. Yeah. And it is true because for some reason, why is our brain so wired to remember the negative thoughts? I'm sure I get it's a whole, I get it. It's the whole caveman idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. right. I know it's so frustrating. Why have we not evolved past this? I don't know. It's in our way all the time. (laughs) And you look at most people's journals and it's just like complaint after complaint. It's like this happened and then I got a parking ticket. It's like you just erase like 90% of your day and you're focusing on the one part that went wrong. And then when you reread that journal, you're like, man, everything was awful, right? But it wasn't. That's it was a mix. That's the key. Yeah. Look at, you'll enjoy writing in your journal because you'll enjoy looking back at it when you put in the wins and the things that went right. When you put in the wins, you get a future win. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's not always, I don't want to, you know, say that it's always going to be unicorns and rainbows, right? It is not. Life is not going to be that. But what would really be amazing is if you had a rough day, what did you do to overcome it? What was the glimmer? What was the hard thing that you worked through? Exactly. What did you learn that day? Or maybe you just made a nice sandwich and that's all you put down. I mean, sometimes I'm really searching in there for something good. Like I had a bad week. So what did I gain? Well, I had a nice nap. I watched my favorite episode of my show. I felt cozy. It was raining. I write stuff like that. I got to hang out with my kid and play a video game. I mean, it's not monumental stuff, but some weeks that's what I I grasp onto because I want to help my future self remember this year and remember those moments more than I want to remember getting the stomach flu or a parking ticket. Right. I don't need to remember that a year from now. <laughs> well, sadly enough, you probably will remember it even without writing you it will. down. <laughs> You'll remember it 20 years from now, forever. Yes. So exactly. Because your brain is hardwired to do that, you have to counter it with like 10 little glimmers for every one annoying thing just to balance it out if you think of it like that way. Mm. We're just balancing the score. You know, love it in our own brain. Oh, boundaries <laughs> and balance. That is what Risa is talking go. about. So wonderful. That's what I'm all wonderful, about. wonderful. Well, Risa, thank you so much for joining us. Where can listeners find you? You can find everything on my website, risawilliams.com. You can sign up for my Get Stuff Done Goals group. It's such a positive group of people. We're really having a blast. It's every month on Zoom. If you need encouragement and accountability for stuff you're working on, even if it's really small, like cleaning out a desk drawer or whatever, we have people doing exams, studying for exams, working on novels, cleaning out a cabinet. It can be any goal. Bring it to the group. You'll get a lot of support and cheering on. 
And it's that accountability that keeps you motivated. Uh, so you can find all that on my website, including all my books that are for sale and my Motivation Mindset Journal and classes I'm teaching, risawilliams.com, or follow me at risawilliamstherapy on Instagram. Oh, so good. Definitely check out Risa. She knows her stuff. I love following your Instagrams. <laughs> They're great. Oh, and thank you. Yeah, of course. And if you do come to the Chaos to Calm Summit, the ticket is free, but we do have an upgrade and Risa is offering a month in her goals group there with a lovely uh, continuing bonus. So definitely check that out. You do not want to miss it. Um, and so, yeah. Awesome, Risa. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Cheers. So what'd you think? I always love my chats with Risa. It's a reason she's been on the show multiple times because she just has such great points and they're so easy, right? They seem so easy to implement. They're definitely doable and things that we can work into our everyday life. So please, please, please make sure you're checking out Risa's stuff because she is amazing. But now it is your turn. I would love to know your thoughts on this episode. Is anything that stood out to you when it comes to setting your goals, creating habits, reaching those resolutions? I would love to know. So please come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share. Sharing what you learned really helps cement it in your brain, helps you retain it. And it could just be the thing that someone else needs to hear, put in your words so that it resonates for them. And also you can shout out on social media. I'm wannabe clutter-free on all the social channels. So send me a DM, comment on this post. Make sure you tag me if you put it in your story so I can see it and share it as well. And thanks again to Risa for joining us on the show today and for sharing so many nuggets of wisdom. Remember, she has some awesome resources available to you. So head on over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 189. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 189 to find out more about Risa and get those free resources. Also, don't forget to join us for the Chaos to Calm Summit. Risa is going to be a speaker on the very first day talking about boundaries and balance and helping us really start off on the right foot. So make sure you're checking that out. Chaos to Calm Summit.com. Chaos to Calm Summit.com. And as always, thank you for joining me too. If you made it this far, just a reminder, I would love if you left a review on Apple Podcasts for this show. It'll only take a minute. It helps me out so much. So I really do appreciate it. All right, with that, have a wonderful rest of your day. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wanna Be Clutter Free. I'll see you next week. Cheers. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.